Hey, everybody, and welcome back to a, an episode of Survivor's Podcast. We got a special guest today. Um, I'll go ahead and let her introduce herself. Hi, uh, my name is Amy. I am 16 years old, and I was raised and am growing up in Centennial Park, which is just a little past Short Creek or the Creek. And um, I do believe and have grown up with the practice of polygamy. And um, I kind of agree with it all. I had my family and I lived monogamy for until I was about nine years old. And then my dad got his second wife when I was nine. And then he died when I was 12. And my mom remarried to my step current stepdad, um, who has three wives and including her and 17 kids. So explain to me and others, how, how does it work to be, to be remarried? So after say you're divorced or your husband passes away, how are you, how does your mom get remarried? Uh, so pretty much from my point of view, just because they kept it pretty personal between mom was mom, uh, prayed a long time and then kind of got inspired, quote, quote, um, with my stepdad. And so she just went to the brethren and said, this is who I want to remarry. And they just remarried her. Okay. So it's, it's simple. It's, it's like pretty regular. Yeah. Yeah. It's like just getting married. So how often does that happen in Centennial Park? Um, it's actually pretty crazy because my block on the street is kind of known for having widows because Mm -hmm. like in the past 10 years, not even 10, probably, yeah, 10, 11 years, we've had four dads die and that's left like five widows. Okay. I guess six counting my second mom. Uh But, um, so all of those guys, all of them has remarried for the most part. I think two of them haven't just because one recently passed away, but, okay. uh, it's pretty common afterwards. Like I, I think mostly unmarried women usually wait two to three years before getting remarried. Okay. That was my next question. How long in between your mom did she get remarried? Oh, she was t- a year. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, uh- so let's go ahead. You 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 want to dive into your experience with growing up in polygamy? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, my mom and dad were married for 20 years before my second mom came in, and so I I did see a bit, quite a bit of jealousy and trying to find alpha quote quote woman. Mm-hmm um, of the pack, but they, they worked fairly well together. I mean, she was really, really young. And I think my mom was like late for late, late thirties. And my second mom was 18. Oh, okay. That's that's a big difference. Yeah. Massive difference. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they worked pretty well. I mean, they, they mostly had issues with my dad personally, but that was just because uh, during the 
during the last four years of his life, he struggled with alcoholism really rough. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to live polygamy. And I can stand by that when the, the man isn't with it and isn't, you know, like willing to work with the women because it's a struggle for sure. Right. Sharing a husband. And when you, and when you have your husband's support, it, it makes it a lot easier from when I've talked to women in the community. Right. So they did struggle for a long, long time. Because as out, as me as an outsider, I think, oh man, I feel like I'm a jealous person. There's no way I could share my husband, right? Yeah. So is that, is that kind of a, that's, that's not just me saying that that's, that's a real thing that happens. Well, I mean, being a human being, obviously you're going to be jealous, but whenever I've talked to people and in the community, especially my um, aunts, they say that this has been one of the most incredible experiences, experiences of their life, just because you really, really learn how to stop being me, me, me all the time. You know, you're not so selfish and you're not so possessive and you really learn how to open your hearts to other people and that kind of bleeds into everything else in your life right so is there is there instances where the jealousy causes such a problem that it becomes not fixable yeah yeah there have been a few divorces in our community I think I've only known of two or three maybe would those be legal divorces or like a spiritual divorce um, it just depends on if they got legally married, right? Uh, before. So how would a, how would a if you were a second wife how would a divorce go? If you were a second wife, right? Um, I think it would definitely be between you and the family whether or not like if you had kids and stuff, uh, where you would choose to take your kids or there would be some sort of arrangement where I don't know the kids stay at that house and then stay at theirs. I'm not really sure. I don't know of a lot of second wives who are, Oh, okay. Who have divorced. Okay. It's, it's a lot of first wives, which is understandable. Being a first wife is really, really hard because you're building the home and you're building the everything from the ground up. Right. So, and with, since, since you aren't married, um, is there stuff that you can touch on that you've been taught about how the marriages work in Centennial Park? Yeah, um, so pretty much it's, so the, the, the difference between Centennial Park and Colorado City specifically, mm-hmm. like the most obvious, is that we are, we're not forced to do anything, you know, and so it's completely up to the women, it's completely up to the man. There are people who have um, dated before they got together or courted. And there are people who kind of just let God know that they're ready to get married and then it happens. So. And what's the age range in Centennial Park for the appropriate marriages? Oh, uh, we, we don't ever marry people under 18. Okay. Um, but I'd say the most popular age is around 20, 21. And what happens if you're like 27? Are you like an old maid? 
I apologize. Your uh, screen cut out. Your audio. Oh, if you're above a certain age, like 27, do you become like an old maid? You're not married. You're looked down on. Oh no, there okay. are uh, quite a few women in the community who are older and not married, and you just are living your life. <laughs> right. We. I haven't heard anything like that before. Okay. Um. And we had, when before we did this this call, we talked a little bit about how um how the school system works down there and how it's different from FLDS. Uh-huh. Uh, if you want to go into that. Yeah. So, uh, we have a elementary, a junior high and a high school. Um, the elementary and the junior high have a uniform, but it's standard. It's, I think it's the same uniform as some of Utah schools, uh, from French toast or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the high school is private. So one of the brethren run the high school and we had this thing called devotional every morning. And that's where we get together and we say prayer. We sing a hymn, uh, because one of the students learn how to play the piano. So we have a conductor and a pianist play for us. And then, um, what usually happens is every kid who goes to the school is assigned to write a speech that's pretty much like to give a little bit of inspiration and encouragement to get through life in general and so we usually have that and then we set off to classes but and is it in the it's a it's sorry go ahead oh it's it's just pretty uh standard schools like there's not anything specific in there besides that but with the elementary and the junior high, there are charter schools, so they follow all the state laws and stuff. Okay, gotcha. Um, so basically, your devotional would be like seminary to LDS children. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty that, much. That makes sense. Except uh, it's like the, the kids are the ones talking. Oh, for the most okay. Part. I see, I see. Um, yeah. I was trying to think. I had a question, but I forgot it. it that always happens. Um, do you have anything else you want to keep going into? Um, with like the schools in general. Oh, just anything like, like, so it's kind of hard to ask you the history of Centennial Park because you're first generation, right? Like you didn't grow up when they split. So basically all that can be said is that they split from FLDS and then how much are you willing or able to talk about how the brethren run Centennial Park? Um, so when you and I corresponded a little bit before, I tried to make a point that, and this kind of ties into the split a little bit, but, um, the brethren work as a team and they all work on specific things and then they all work together on specific things. And it it's not anything like scary rule or like you have to do this kind of thing, but they do give advice and they say, here are some of our standards, like dress modestly and uh, pretty much just anything like that. Yeah, probably like prayer, like, scripture study. Yeah, yeah, they definitely don't force anything like that because what they do is they mostly keep leave it to the parents to figure out how you want to govern your children. Right. And then we go to uh, church and they give some advice and they 
talk a little bit and then the people in the community talk a little bit. So how often is church? Uh, every Sunday. Okay. You go into a big church building or whatnot. Yeah. It's, it's pretty small just because our community is small, but it's always filled. So. Right. And do you guys have a temple as of right now? Uh, no, we do not. Well, you were telling me a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly where they're at with the temple because I haven't asked, I guess. But what I do know is that we have a specific spot that we'd like to do it. And we've been having trouble getting the land because it is owned by the FLDS, I think. Okay. Okay. Right. Right. So, but it would be in the plans as of, as of, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. It it is for sure in, in the plans and in the making. And then, um, so I'll ask you, I've asked you this question before, but I'll ask you this question again. If there is, if there was a right way to practice polygamy, what would that way be? Um, I think that with anything that you do in your life, you should always think it through logically and you should always, you know, really ask yourself if it is the right thing. And I've, I've done it my whole life and everyone who is in the community who practices it does it, you know, and it's just a standard question that you have to ask yourself with everything that you do. Is this right? Is this, does this make sense? Am I gaining anything from it? Am I harming anyone? Am I, you know, and if it feels good and the surrounding circumstances that happen from it are good, then, you know, I don't, I don't see a problem with it. So. And then another to go with that, we've talked about how polygamy gets such a bad image and such a bad rap, mostly because what's the, when, when I hear the word polygamy, I think of Warren Jeffs and FLDS, right? So how, uh, you personally, this is your personal question, how does that make you feel that that's what, that's what polygamy is perceived as? Um, honestly, it does not affect me in any way. It's not like I'm persecuted down the street, you know, or anything like that. I'm left alone. And honestly, it's, it's not really between me and the media or me and everybody else. It's between me and God and everybody else can believe what they want, but I'm perfectly content with what my beliefs are. And that's that. Right. So I like that answer. And then another part for that was, um, we've discussed a little bit, let's touch a little bit more, um, for the podcast on. So polygamy is illegal. Uh huh. Let's dive into that. How, how that is there like, we talked, actually, let's talk about this. We talked a little bit about how you compared it to other situations. Do you remember that? Right. Yes. Go for that. So, um, ever since I was a little child, I had always thought this because I, we had talked a lot about this when I was a child was, um, polygamy is illegal. And what do I think about that? And it, 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 it's an immediate response for me for the fact that being gay was illegal for a long, long time. And they were persecuted for years and years and years. And, you know, black and white people together was a, you know, it, it, issues like this has been around for a long, long time. And society is becoming more and more open every day to understanding people and letting people do their own things. So I can hope and pray that they'll 
do the same for us, but I just, it, it, I, I, I have always compared it to that specifically just because the gays aren't doing anything wrong and it's not like they're harming people either. So. Yeah. And when you told me that comparison, it like, I was like, Oh, that was actually really smart. And I keep forgetting that you're only 16, but I mean, very well spoken. (laughs) Yeah. I get that a lot. Right. Um, so how does, how does the dynamic work between Centennial Park and FLDS down at the Crick? Um, in the past like year or so, the I know that the FLDS has scattered around a lot, so it's not right. FLDS as much as people just living in Colorado City, which is very ex-FLDS. Right. Um, my sister is married to one of them. Uh, I have friends who are ex-FLDS. I hang out with them a lot. I, you know, it, it's there isn't much of a riff between the first generation CP, if, if right. you'd call them that right. and ex FLDS people. Right. And when and you, the, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that the, com- the community, like, especially my parents, they don't encourage to not communicate and be friends and have relationships with people like that. So, right. Cause I kind of compare it to like, so I'm LDS, grew up LDS uh-huh. and we, ne- we never were taught this, but I think I just became, I had this prejudice in me where it was like, oh, wow, people who practice polygamy, especially just the FLDS, they went the wrong way. They chose the wrong. Right. So I want, I, that's kind of, I wonder if from your end, I don't know if you know, but it'd be interesting to ask somebody from FLDS how they feel about Centennial Park and the split off. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's something I ask somebody else because since you are so young, it's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> nothing has been yeah. happened to you or anything like that. So the split didn't directly affect you in any kind of way. Right. And yeah, when, when and you talk to your parents about it, do they, do they remember the split happening and stuff like that? Oh yeah. I have, I, my family has best friends and family members who stayed oh. with the FLDS during the split. So they, they are very, very close to that. Right when that kind of stuff happened. And what are you taught in church or in, in your house or whatever of the split? Um, just that, uh, all of the brethren together were disagreeing on certain things and it had just become a big enough problem where it was one way or the other way. And it ended up splitting the group into two. And you, we, you and I talked about this a little bit about, and you kind of mentioned it today, um, how you guys are more of a team with the brethren. Right. Um, and whereas FLES just follow Warren Jeffs and it, t- it tinkles down from that. But I feel like maybe I need to do more research, but I'm just saying as of right now, pro- that's probably one of the things, like you said before, the split happened because you guys wanted to be a team and not just a one-man show. Yeah, because it... It's not like that. And um, I'm not going to like say anything specifically about the split, but from my personal point of view and from my personal beliefs, I do not think that there is one ruler of all unless that was, unless that person was Jesus or God, you know? Right. So, and unless somebody can top those two. <laughs> right. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
we can go ahead and wrap up the interview. If you have any other last things you want to talk about, go for it. It's all on you. Okay. Um, I just kind of wanted to say, especially because it's not very often to get an opportunity like this, um, that anything religious like this where you can see it being um, such a big thing, especially things like polygamy, where people are like, I'm doing this because this is what God believes, you know, and um, anything like this can go bad. And I mean, and this is clear in the history of long, long ago, Catholics went bad, Christians went bad, you know, and, and they found ways to come back and stuff. So I think it's really just about your relationship with God personally and what you personally believe. And, uh, just think it through logically and, you know, I think that that's, I think when you believe something blindly, it can go bad and right. anything can turn for the worst. So I think it's just really important that we keep open minds and we keep thinking things through and not just being sheep and just doing it all. Right. Right. And this, this interview is, has a lot of firsts, right? A first was a person from Centennial Park and a first yeah. was someone who be- believes in polygamy and will practice polygamy as they grow older. So I think this is good to have this on the podcast to give your point of view and put the positive side to it because it, it the, the world is media puts all the negative out there, right? And we want to put both. Yeah. We want positive for sure. Right. So. And it is just like with anything else, there are good and there are bad and I'm not saying like, ooh, this is the best and this is, you know, whatever. But I do believe that I I don't feel uncomfortable and I don't feel wrong and I don't feel like I'm doing something that's not correct. So uh, one last question that I just thought of when this episode comes out, will your friends and family, they'll be supportive that you're speaking out about it? Oh, yeah. I actually had um, a conversation with my um stepdad and you and I talked about this, but he was like, go for it. And was, uh, because he wrote a book about polygamy. Right. And, um, so he was really supportive of it. My, my parents were really supportive of it. And yeah, everyone was really excited to see that I had this opportunity. We had been talking a little bit though. And I, I've been thinking about this ever since you and I, uh, corresponded for the first time. Right. It's just really interesting how this all came to be. Like, <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. That was just pretty, it just happened. It was crazy. You've been wanting yeah. it, right? You've been praying for kind of an outlet. And then I was down at the creek and then I'll, there we go. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we'll keep in contact. But this is the end of the episode. Thanks, everybody. Okay, great. Thanks for having me. Yeah.